Now, this podcast is focused on intermittent fasting. So over the time doing our lives on both Facebook and Instagram, we've got lots of questions about intermittent fasting. So we've collated all those into one handy podcast for you. Uh, We go through topics such as the pros and cons of intermittent fasting, um, the various forms of intermittent fasting that actually exist. Um, So we go through specifically the 5 and 2 approach, um, the 16 and 8 approach, how to follow it safely, um, who it may actually be good for and who it may not actually be appropriate for. along with um, any body composition changes while following the diet. So, you know, in terms of do you lose muscle mass while um, following intermittent fasting, what's the results with body fat, all those types of things we cover in these questions um, in this podcast. And, of course, if you haven't joined us on our lives, every Thursday night, 8.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, we cover a topic and then open it up to a full audience Q&A. So if you haven't joined us, we look forward to chatting with you further. Enjoy this podcast. All right, let's roll. Intermittent fasting. Now, I get lots of questions about this, so I thought it would be really cool just to kind of spend half hour chatting about it, throw out your questions anytime. Um, Full Q&A, let's talk intermittent fasting because there is a lot of people doing it and I find it intriguing, the research that's coming out, um, some really cool stuff to consider um, and little things to kind of think about if it is something that you think might suit you. So um, I don't actually see this as a fad diet. I see it as a way of eating. So um, I feel like this actually has a lot more merit in terms of research behind it. Um, the way someone can eat could actually really suit their lifestyle. Um, and I guess from the forefront, I see it as a tool in a toolbox almost. So it's an option. Um, that I have definitely used with um, both athletes and just the everyday active individual and just the everyday individual as well. So it is something to consider. Thank you for all my likes and loves, everyone. Thank you. Hey, Abby. So when you're considering intermittent fasting, I guess the first place is to work out what it actually is. Now, some people will know what it is. Some people will be going, I've heard of it, but I don't really know what it involves. So intermittent fasting is actually, um, there's different types. So you can do um, an intermittent fast, which is actually just um, shortening the time per day that you're eating. Um, So we're all intermittent fasting in a way. So some people will be intermittent fasting for say eight hours, some will be 10, some will be 12. So basically when you're sleeping, that's considered a fast. So whatever time over the day um, that you're not eating, that's your fasting time. Now, what we're trying to do here is in intermittent fasting is to shorten that time that we're eating for. Now, the reason for that is that Um, it's actually thought that we probably eat too long over the day, which you know what, our days are much longer than they used to be. Um, We used to go to bed a lot earlier um, and our days used to follow the sun a lot more. So obviously with hunting and gathering, we followed the sunrise, sunset and our days when we um, ate were definitely shorter. So it is considered that we should all be aiming for a 12-12 fast. Um, so if you finish eating at 7 or 8 p.m., you start eating again at 7 a.m., 8 a.m. So if you can even aim for at least a 10-hour fast, I really recommend most people aim for a 10-hour fast. Um, that would be ideal. So um, what we're doing there is just allowing our body to actually heal itself, put ourselves in a, that a, an actual good amount of stress um, in the way of fasting. So um that's one way that you can um, fast and it tends to be more of a daily option. It's not a strict rule either. So if you don't do that every day, that is completely fine. 
Um, but the way that intermittent fasting usually goes is about a 14 hour fast um, to 16 hour fast. So you're kind of finishing eating at maybe 8 p.m. Um, and then you won't start eating until around the lunchtime. So you're going a longer period of time without food. And that is something that um, many people are doing quite well um, and, you know, dealing quite well with it. So there's different reasons why you intermittent fast, but I'm going to get to those once I've gone through the other option. Now, the other option, which you may have heard of, is the five and two. And what that five and two is referring to is the days that you're eating normally um, to the days you're fasting. So um, you'll do five days of the week eating normally and freely, and then two days eating a lower energy intake. So it's around a quarter of your energy intake or, you know, around that like 500 calorie mark um, for females, 600 calories for males. So it is a much lower um, energy intake than the average. So you're looking at like 2000 to 3000 um, kilojoules a day, which is really low. So it's not no food, but it is very small amounts of food on those two days per week. And there's different reasons. So the reasons why you do a fast, I think a lot of people go into fasting, oh, well, it'll help me lose weight. But there's actually some benefits to fasting that are actually irrelevant to weight loss. So I think that's, you know, a part of why we want to um, be looking at fasting and where we go with that. So in terms of weight loss, um, fasting really works, not necessarily for any other reason that it helps us get into an energy deficit. So with fasting, because we're shortening the time we're eating for, we tend to eat less. Um, or because we're averaging over the week in the five and two, we tend to eat less over the week as an average. So we're not in a daily energy deficit, but we are in a weekly energy deficit and it tends to be a nice way to do it. So if you're someone um, who is looking to reduce their overall energy intake, then fasting can be a tool that you can use um, that may suit. So really that's the way to look at it, is that it's an option. Um, the benefits to uh, metabolic um, readings, some cool stuff um, in terms of lowering your insulin. Um, so that increases your insulin sensitivity, which is a good thing. Um, <clears throat> that's something to really um, look at. So that's most of this stuff, by the way, in terms of the anti-aging and that kind of thing um, is still in rats. So when we're talking about research, there is some cool stuff in terms of the insulin and that kind of thing um, in humans, but a lot of the genetic stuff, the um, anti-aging claims, that's coming from rat studies. So it is really important to note that <laughs> before we go into that bit. Um, and those benefits in terms of insulin are seen in both the 14 and 8 diet, the daily one, um, and the 5 and 2. So it is something to think about if it is something that you're thinking about doing. Um, <clears throat> how does this impact early morning training? I am going to get to that actually because that's a really good point. So um, <clears throat> those are the two types of intermittent fasts. And then we go to why you might do it. So not only for weight loss, you may actually find that you get some benefits in terms of health. So if you have um, diabetes running rampant in your family, then intermittent fasting can be a really nice way to improve your insulin sensitivity. Um, it can also be a really good way to um, keep you alert and help with concentration. Um, and overall, you just have to um, make sure that you're still eating enough over the day. And this is where the athlete side of things comes in. And if your um, exercising comes in, um, there is some thought that um, intermittent fasting, because it's a stress on the body, could increase cortisol, but that hasn't been shown in studies. So it is something to consider that um, cortisol could be heightened 
if you're in a higher stress state, but we, we haven't been able to actually show that in studies and it's actually been shown to decrease um, cortisol. So that's um, something pretty cool that came out of a study that I was reading today. Um, is it wrong to be eating dessert while watching? Oh God, no, no, I am a dessert eater. That is totally fine, Francie. And you're training for Kona. Pretty sure you can eat all the dessert you want. You're just, you're just prepping for carbo load. It's fine. It's only a few weeks early. Um, <clears throat> so the big question, and I apologize, I usually write notes to keep me on track, but I'm a bit rushed and stuff tonight. So anyway, if I waffle, which if anyone's listened to our podcast, Yay. Um, that is because I haven't written notes. Um, so is it right for you? Now, the intermittent fast is not for everyone. Now, first of all, if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, I would not recommend intermittent fasting. So um, that pretty much rules you out straight away because you have different things to worry about, different priorities, definitely not for you. Um, if you'd been doing it before you got pregnant and you're okay with continuing it despite um, low, <laughs> oh man, I couldn't even imagine intermittent fasting with um, morning sickness because you kind of just have to really nibble and anyway, off topic, Alicia. Um, so that's all out. Also, if you feel like it doesn't work for you, there's only really two main reasons why you wouldn't intermittent fast. But if you are really active and have really high energy needs, that is another reason why intermittent fasting may actually not work for you. And it's why I don't do it with a lot of athletes. So there's, um, if you feel like it doesn't work for you, um, so say you're a pretty hangry kind of person, you may not want to do intermittent fasting. Exhibit A. I don't think anyone would want to be around me at intermittent fasting. However, since I've been reading more about it, I have been more curious. So I think that curiosity is something just to kind of play with. So knowing that, I think a lot of people look at this and go, oh, well, if you're missing breakfast, your metabolism is going to drop. Or if you're missing breakfast, then you're missing the worst part of the day, like the best, like the most important meal of the day and that kind of thing. I think the big thing in that is it doesn't affect your metabolism. So eating, whether it be three or six times a day, doesn't impact your metabolism, everyone. Okay, got that all under control. So don't feel like that's a reason not to intermittent fast. So I have been more curious about it. So I've allowed myself to, you know, wait until I get hungry or um, be a little bit more aware of my hunger cues and not necessarily eat out of habit or um, routine. So that kind of curiosity, I definitely love about this whole intermittent fasting and the research behind it. Um, and I think that's something we can all learn from. Like if you're not hungry, so even at dinner, maybe you could just have a lighter meal or maybe you could just even think about that, um, what you've had over the day and how that reflects what you now need. So um, eating more like a toddler, I would say. You know, um, yesterday Ruben came home with an empty lunchbox. Today it was mainly full and I'm not concerned. You know, his daily in intake is going to vary um, and totally fine. Breakfast. Yeah, Amelia, I know. Breakfast, breakfast. So basically you make your lunch fast. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what I just said. Oh, God, my head. Um, so when you are thinking about doing a intermittent fast, just be curious and see if it works for you. So if you're thinking about the five and two, 
make sure you're doing those two days on days where you don't have a high energy need or you don't have key training sessions um, or then not on days you know where you've got things on and it's going to be really stressful. I don't want intermittent fasting to actually impact your life or your anxiety, increase anxiety or um, impact social occasion and all those types of things. I think it's just something to have as a tool in your toolbox if you wanted to experiment with it, but making sure you plan for it. Now, if you're doing the 14 and eight kind of day and you're extending the time you're not eating for, um, what you wanna be doing there is number one, making sure you plan that first meal. You are going to be hungry the first time you eat. So, you know, that eating might be at 11 a.m., 12, 12 p.m., whatever it may be, you're going to make sure that you, you're organized. So that's a really big thing with intermittent fasting. You may reduce how much food prep you're doing because you're not eating as many meals, but you need to be organized because if you're called unawares, really hungry at the time that you are then starting to eat, um, you're going to end up either choosing really poor food choices or overeating. So make sure that first meal of the day has a really good hit of protein because your protein would have been missed from your breakfast um, and making sure that you're actually eating enough energy over the day if your goal isn't weight loss. Um, so that's a really big thing is that organization. Now, it doesn't mean you only have two meals in the day. You can still have one to two snacks in that you know um, period that you're eating in that eight hours. So that's totally fine. You'll have from say 11 a.m to 7 p.m. or 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. to eat. So it's eating freely in a way that's planned. Now, if your goal is weight loss, then you will be trying to, you know, be in a little bit of an um, energy deficit and you may just do that naturally. But if you want to meet your energy needs and you're doing this for reasons other than weight loss, you do need to make sure that you're meeting your energy requirements, you're spreading your protein out over those meals and snacks, and you're having enough um, fruit, veggies, carbohydrate, that kind of thing to cope with your training. So it's a really important thing that we actually make sure we plan that. Now, if you train over morning, and I know I had a question of that on Instagram, if you train over morning, then this is where intermittent fasting just needs to be considered. So for some days, you may be able to train on uh, train low, basically. So you um, in a way that you don't have um, energy going in before the session and training fasted. Now, training fasted really means that you are fasted. You haven't, you know, eaten at um, 10pm and then you're getting up at five, like you're actually, you know, going a good 10 hours without food. So if you're training fasted, you want that session to be pretty low key, not really um, worried about that intensity too much. Um, and you're able to just kind of get along with the session, not be too stressed about performance. Now, if one of your goals is performance in sessions, it may not make sense to actually do the fast that day. So you just need to be a little bit flexible with it. And I really help my athletes be flexible with it. So if it's something they're wanting to in, um, put into their day, I don't generally recommend um, intermittent fasting for someone with really high energy needs. For the main part is that they're at risk of um, relative energy deficiency anyway. If you haven't heard of relative energy deficiency, please read our blogs because in both males and females, it's something to be really aware of and how it impacts our hormones, our bone health, our menstrual function in the girls, obviously. In the boys, it's more um, sex hormones. Um, and it's a really important thing to be aware of. So if you do have really high energy needs, say you're training for um, ultras, um, 
Ironman, all those types of things, or cycling, um, intermittent fasting is probably not going to be your best option because it will put you at risk of relative energy deficiency um, because you just limited how much food you can get in over the day. It's not because it's a bad way of eating or that the fasting is dangerous. It's just that you're the ability to get as much as you can in over the day and meet your energy requirements is just limited. So that's just something to be aware of. All right. Um, sorry, I'm just going through questions. Oh, hey, Mel. Hey. Oh, gosh. Sorry, everyone on Facebook. I've missed these. Got any thoughts on longer fasts, like the 20 to 22 hours? Oh, Dave, I kind of think that these people are a little bit crazy. So if you've tried that, I'm going to put you in the crazy basket. Um, <laughs> I don't know, just because I love food. Um, there's, <laughs> there is no research to say it's better. Um, I haven't said it, seen anything that's like, oh, well, don't do the 14 and 8, do the 20, 22. Um, you know, you, you're looking at probably studies that have looked at Ramadan um, people. So, you know, when you're looking at Ramadan, they do pretty much do that 20-hour fast and they have quite limited amounts of um, intake when the sun sets, they'll eat. And then before the sun rises, they'll eat as well. So they'll have um, very limited amount of time to eat as well. So any studies that look at Ramadan athletes might be worth um, looking at if you wanted to. Um, but yeah, nothing that has made me want to go 20 hours without eating, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but I did have a question as well um, about autophagy. So that is the cell um, and how it acts in terms of aging. So. The thought is, is that by reducing the oxidation, so um, the free radicals and things like that from, you know, eating actually is um, partly to blame for that. It's just a natural thing. Um, we actually improve the cell's function. And what is thought of is that by reducing, now I'm going to try and get this right. I have no notes. Um, so by reducing um the amount of glucose in the bloodstream and in, in, when you're in the fasted state, it makes the body have to create energy from other places and that actually allows the um, faulty mitochondria in the cell to be alleviated and improve the mitochondria in the cell pretty cool so that kind of part of fasting is neat except the research is really only just coming out and it's a lot in only rats so um that's just still emerging so i think that is kind of a really nice way to kind of go be curious with it it's not dangerous um, there's actually not many in the population who can't trial it um, and it might just be a tool that might work for you um, if you would like to play around with it. So um, it's definitely, you know, something that isn't for everyone, but can be um, played with for sure. Um, oh, I said neat. Thank you, Amelia. I did. Thank you. <laughs> um, are you allowed beverages on the fasting? So things that would break your fast. So you could have a black coffee on your fast. Like if you were to do say the 14 and eight, you could um, get up and have obviously water, black coffee, basically zero kilojoule kind of um, drinks you could do. If you were to then go, oh, I'm gonna go keto and add butter or cream, or if you were to have milk-based coffee, then yeah, you would be breaking that um, fast. So you just have to aim for zero kilojoules basically. Um, Ah, uh, yes. So how do athletes build resistance or build fasting practices in endurance training? I've seen some people who are completely fast and do great. Um, yeah. So when you're looking at fat adaptation, that is a really slow process. Like 
it can take years to get to that point where you are going on really long runs or endurance without needing much fuel or even fluids. So what you're doing there is training the body to utilize fuels um, differently to what someone would do if they go into that um, really well um, fueled and then fuel during the um, race. So this is why we can't really listen to others when they say what they do in a race because they may have totally different energy needs and fuel um, needs than you do, um, depending on how you've trained, how you eat over the day as well. So that fat adaptation can be done, I mainly say in the off season. So this is where um, periodization is a really cool thing that you can um, do. Um, and it, it involves different ways that are actually much less painful than going um, keto. So what you're trying to do is put your body in a nice level of stress um, where it is either fasted or it is forcing um, your body to use that fat as fuel in endurance sessions. So um, I tend to do um, what you can, like you can do like sleep low, which is probably my favorite because then you're not in pain during your session um, and you're actually getting all those adaptation um, brilliant things happening while you sleep um, is actually a glycogen depleting session of a night like say in the evening and then you're actually withholding carbohydrate after that session so you're doing everything opposite to what we would usually say with recovery and you're just really having a high fat low carb um, meal afterwards and then um, sleeping basically on low glycogen um, stores so that's a really cool thing that you can do um, you can train low which is um, obviously training fasted or only with fats on board you can do it that way as well um, and they're just really cool things that you can do. And then you can adapt your intake depending on your training needs and you can actually become fat adapted over time, um, not by going keto. You can actually um, change what fuel you use through training um, and periodizing your intake around that. And that is what we do with our athletes, which is very, very fun. And um, I love when we get to that point. We never rush that point because really I like to get the base right. And then once the base is right, we can start to do all that fun stuff. Oh, hey, Nick, how are you feeling? I think you're on day 10, day 11 of riding from Uluru to Ballarat, which is just epic. Um, all right. And I read a study on rats about this today. Yeah, fascinating research and benefits. I Yeah, I'm the same. I'm just curious. Um, and Mega said the same. I'm just curious. So feel free to be... Um, curious and non-judgmental about it and kind of just go in with it and go if it works for me then it works <laughs> awesome hey ellie hey mom yeah periodizing definitely amelia so yeah um that periodization is a really cool thing i read the title as intermittent feasting and i got super excited oh it kind of is maybe we could change the name maddie and just call it intermittent feasting because in a way it is it's really that free eating and i think that's why i like it um, in a sense of using it um, for, sorry, I don't know what Instagram is doing there. Um, using it as a weight loss strategy, if it works for someone, is because it has that free eating sense when you're outside of that fast because you're not cutting out whole food groups, you're not thinking about energy intake. Um, it really is just eat as you normally would and enjoy, say, that weekly average calorie deficit um, instead of counting calories every day, which I really like. Now, a few things on the performance side I think are worth talking about. Um, oh gosh, I've talked for nearly half hour. Good on me. Um, so on the performance side, so um, obviously we talked about the fasting kind of side of things with training, but also some people um, might have the um, question about muscle recovery or muscle building. 
So if you're in the muscle building phase, obviously you need more energy going in than going out because you want to actually increase mass and increase lean mass. Now, this means that intermittent fasting would need to be adapted. So we'd need to make sure that we're really fueling sessions, we're not doing them fasted, um, we're feeding regularly and getting enough in. So we'd just adapt it and we'd probably change how we did it or we'd do it at certain points over a season. Um, in terms of losing muscle mass, this is interesting. So I would have thought, oh, you're fasting over the day, you're risking losing muscle mass if you lose body fat as well. However, when they've looked at um, being in just a daily energy deficit, say just eating normally like breakfast, lunch and dinner, being in energy deficit daily, say that really diet culture kind of way, um, versus intermittent fasting, whether that be five and two or the 14 and eight, they've actually found that you hold muscle mass better than the daily um, energy deficits. So I found that really cool. I was like, okay, well that is something to look at. So I think the five and two would actually be a really good way to lose body fat and hold muscle mass um, when looking at that research, which is a really cool tool to have in the toolbox, depending on what suits the athlete. But yeah, it's um, definitely some promising stuff. Um, if your last meal is at say 6 p.m. and you you have good, and you're, oh, I don't know what this is. Does 12, 30 plus do different to say 20 hours? Yeah, so obviously the fasting, I think you could go extreme. I think some people really like the challenge. I wouldn't say that there's any research to say that 20 hours is way better than 14 or whatever it may be. Um, so I generally say whatever works for you. So um, I would always recommend trying to get at least 10 hours of fasting. If you can go 12 hours, then that would be fantastic. Um, and then if you wanted to try that extended fast, then it is definitely something to be curious about. It doesn't have to be every day. I think this is a thing about um, when people say, oh, I'm intermittent fasting, well, you have to be 110%. This could be just some days during the week that work for you, um, you tend to do it. So I, I think if you find the hunger really hard um, of a morning um, and you enjoy breakfast, then it may just not be right for you. Like for me, I really enjoy breakfast. It's something I'm not really ready to give up, but some days, you know, it may be something I'm, you know, experiment with and um, may try and hold out. So, you know, you could definitely play around with it depending. Now this is where with that breakfast conversation we had two weeks ago comes into play. Maybe people who don't like breakfast or aren't hungry at breakfast are just great at intermittent fasting and should really embrace that and tell anyone that actually judges them from skipping breakfast to just tell them that you're intermittent fasting. I think that's probably the best plan. And then I'll go, oh, that's a, that sounds like a cool diet. Um, so basically that's intermittent fasting. Now, if it's something that you're interested in, Absolutely, even just doing a trial day can be really good um, and giving it a go for a day and seeing how you go. Um, it can be a really nice little, uh, I guess, switch in terms of thinking about your appetite a bit more, um, knowing your limits a bit more and just being aware of appetite and fullness cues. It can be really neat like that. Um, if you're someone who isn't organized with food um, and struggles day to day, you do have to be really organized with this in the way of knowing that you're not going to blow out um, your intake 
you know, by not eating enough during the day, um, and if you're doing those little little blocks of eating over the day. Um, and also on your fasting days, if you're doing something more like the five and two, you've got to really plan that to make sure you're getting the bulk of foods that you want in terms of lots of veggies. Um, and so prepping those and being organized to have access to those and also being able to count and things um, is something that you want to look into. Now, after a couple of weeks, you'll get a really good feel of how much energy you're having and you won't necessarily need to count as much. But that calorie counting, which I'm not a massive fan of, is still going to be a big part of um, intermittent fasting on those fasting days. Now, the big positive of intermittent fasting, if you're wanting to choose this as um, something um, like uh, a weight control option, it basically doesn't necessarily work because of the fasting aspect. So fasting doesn't miraculously you know, make you lose weight. Basically, it's because you're minimizing and reducing the amount of total energy that's coming in. So over the week, you're in an energy deficit um, whereas previously you would have eaten the same or similar each day, you've got now two days where you're eating much less. So it's working off a total energy deficit over the week and that's why it works, not necessarily um, because of fasting being a miraculous kind of cure for um, weight loss. So um, the big thing I like about intermittent fasting and the positive to it is um, it doesn't have the restrictions of you can't eat different food groups, um, foods are bad or good, anything like that. It's a real free intake um, in many ways, particularly on those, I'm just shortening the time I'm eating. Um, it really is eat what you like and enjoy um, in a sensible way um, without restriction. So I do really like that part of it. That was just a question on Facebook, so Insta. Um, Rod, is it better to intermittent fast for 24 hours once a week or several 12 hour days a week? Yeah, so um, Rod, I it really depends on your lifestyle and your training program. So I find um, for many athletes, it's actually better um, when you're training every day um, to time your exercise around your fast. So. Um, if you're going to do the shortened time over the day, then um, you want to be timing your sessions just before you start to eat so you get that recovery started and your glycogen restored. Um, if you're usually kind of exercising at say 5, 5.30 a.m. and your fast isn't starting, your, your fast isn't breaking until say 11 a.m., 12 p.m.-ish, um, you're really going to set yourself back in terms of recovery and um, actually getting those adaptations that you want from your training all the time. So, you know, sometimes it's great to hold back on that recovery and actually drives adaptation through stress, but you don't want to be in that stress state all the time. And starvation and that restriction of food is actually a stress on the body. So you want to be restricting intake to a point where it drives adaptation and um, enhances you know, that metabolic adaptation, but you don't want to stress the body so much that you're starving it. So it really depends on your training program. Now, the good thing is about doing that you know, one to two days a week of fasting is that you can time that in with um, your lower training days and you might be able to plan that better. So it might change every week, but you might be able to look forward and go, okay, well, these are my lower training days that I might be able to fast or, you know, do a, a bit of a, a bit of an adaptive fast, if you like, um, on those lower training days. So um, I've tried both with athletes and what I find is that it's good in the short term, but over time, it just gets that little bit trickier um, for, you know, the really active guys that um, are struggling with, you know, really high appetites, higher energy needs, 
um, and timing it and planning it and how much planning actually comes into it. So intermittent fasting has its positives, but I'm yet to see it really long-term in a lot of athletes for that reason of just needing so much, um, so much planning basically. Um, oh, gotcha, Tracy. Sorry. So her question was for the 500 days in terms of 500 calorie days. Um, should there be higher protein um, to get you through the day? So what you'll find, Tracy, is that because fats are really high in energy and very energy dense, um, you won't be able to have too much um, too much fats because it will put you over that 500 calories basically. So. For that reason, most of your intake will be really low energy foods such as your veggies um, and then protein on top of that. So that protein is definitely that fullness factor and you'll want to probably space that out pretty well over the day um, in smaller serves to keep you going. Um, or you might find that just that three smaller size meals over the day is enough to get you through plus lots of free drinks. So things like water, um, black coffees, teas, those types of things to get you through um, might be the best option. But yeah, definitely keeping protein up to hit that 500 to 600 calories is definitely an essential part. You just probably won't be able to have the fats associated with that if you like. Uh, Adzi, I tried to fast off chocolate for the last not that long. And I think that's a really good point, <laughs> Nutella. Yeah, Nutella, chocolate. I think as soon as you um, disallow yourself something that want and strive to actually have it become so much more. So um, I'm actually one of those people who can honestly say I've never dieted before. I, um, I think I thought about it for about half a day as my wedding approached and um, quickly decided that it wasn't for me because as soon as I had that thought of I need to restrict, um, I, my hunger became more... Um, I really couldn't control myself in terms of food because I'd said no. So um, as soon as you say, you know, go off chocolate or Nutella, then it becomes um, something that you actually focus on and you probably have the opposite effect rather than actually cutting it out. So that I know moderation sounds so, so boring, um, but that is actually where that freedom comes from. And I actually um, did this wonderful course on um, uh, last Friday on mindful eating and it was a full day um, looking at the concepts of mindful eating and it's really interesting now trying to put the things that I learnt um, on Friday kind of in that space of um, athletes and um, active individuals um, so you'll see some changes in how we approach things um, in the coming you know, months as we work through that and kind of come up with an approach that actually fits um, the people that we're working with which is really neat. Thank you so much for listening. If you have enjoyed our waffle, we would love for you to leave us a review and subscribe to our pod on either iTunes or Stitcher. For even more on all things nutrition and performance, make sure you follow Compete Nutrition on Facebook and Instagram. We hold a live every Thursday night at 8.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time. Until next time, this has been the Compete Waffle.